0: What rules were created just because of you? Not me, but my high school required that all valedictorians give a copy of their speech to the school board for approval. My class wrote a satirical one about how American prisons were a better option than going in debt for college and getting a job. School board hated it and told him to write a traditional one. He writes the cheesiest, most stereotypical speech he could think of. He was also an ESL student, and his parents spoke an Arabic language. Don't remember specifically which one at home. He gets up at graduation and reads the entire speech three times in Arabic. Now my brother tells me they say all speeches must be approved in the language they will be spoken in. I used to ride a unicycle around my school's gym all the time because while they specifically banned skateboards, bikes, roller skates, and even those Healy things, they never mentioned unicycles. They had to go through the whole official rule-changing process to add unicycles to the rule book. Not me, but the Intro to Engineering class at UCF has a competition where groups must create a self-powered boat to race an orange around the circumference of the reflection pond. The pond is maybe 100 feet in diameter. One year, one group used a lawnmower engine to power their boat, and the same year a group used bottle rockets. Upon starting the race, the lawnmower group's boat tipped over in the middle and poured gasoline into the pond. At the same time, the other group lit their bottle rockets, which promptly ignited the spilled gasoline and set the pond on fire. They created a new rule after that year. No gasoline-powered boats. That's a shame, because that sounds like the best race of all time. Can your boat cross the Lake of Fire? At some summer thing, Texas A&M did to try and attract students. I didn't end up going there. There was little mini engineering contest where you had to construct a four-wheeled vehicle that would go the furthest, using an assortment of MacGyverish materials, including a balloon, some tape, a mousetrap, clips, tacks, things like that. And like four Lego wheels and two axles. My group argued for a while, and honestly, we wouldn't have had anywhere near the best contraption if not for my last-minute inspiration of rule loophole exploitation, which apparently I'm better at than actual engineering. No one said all four wheels couldn't be on the same axle, and there was no strict definition of vehicle. Four Lego wheels on one axle, flung by the mousetrap 25 feet, beat second placed by almost double, I think. Our team won TI-89s each. That's not rule-breaking, that's just dang good engineering. Yeah, I feel like the main point of engineering is to find new creative ways to solve problems. Problem friggin' engineered, my friend. My sister got a pair of toy earrings at the doctor's office and promptly stuck them upper nose so deep that they were lost forever. After that, the doctor's office only gave out stickers. When I was in middle school, the dress code stated that every boy must wear a shirt with a collar. I decided to buy a really cheap collar shirt and cut the collar off and then wear t-shirts to school with it clipped on. Soon the school made one-piece collar shirts mandatory. No Marine in the company is allowed to perform marriage ceremonies for other Marines. (laughs) What? How dare you only give us that one line? I need to know more. In high school, the student council was sponsoring a food drive. To boost donations, some teachers offered extra credit for every item a student brought in. Being the smart butt I am, I decided to buy $40 worth of ramen noodles. At 12 cents apiece, that's about 300 packages. I did minimal work for the rest of the semester and ended up with a 125% in the class. The principal was not pleased and banned extra credit forever. That's why at my high school, any teacher who offered extra credit like that had a cap. You could bring in as many tissue boxes, canned items, etc. as you wanted, but you'd only get out to 10 extra credit points. For the people in charge of educating the younger generation, some teachers really don't make the brightest decisions. My friend and I played a round of poker and lunch in high school. Naturally, we didn't have much cash, so we started betting things like the future virginity of the hot chicks and half of our soul. Fast forward to the guy who won half of the soul, he decided to put it on eBay. Two days later, CNN did a piece on eBay selling intangible goods, and they featured our .5 soul in the promo. The next day, eBay announced that souls were no longer acceptable items. I remember that story. I was 14 at the time, 25 now. Back then, I pirated movies via Hotline. I decided to set up my own server. Access was not entirely free, however. You had to go to my mock website, click on a banner for an adult revenue service, sign up, and on the final sign-up page, look for these two words, which are the login and password. Each time someone did this, I got $20. I got a check from the company for about $400 before they caught on and banned-slash-removed my account. After that, they changed their terms of service so that a person had to be an active member for a month before they gave the referral the $20. My mom was very confused when I got a $400 check with dozens of adult websites all over the envelope. After I explained, she thought it was amazing and hilarious, and we cashed the check. Hey, a teen finding a creative way to make money in this capitalist hellscape we live in? I would think any parent should be proud. A retail store I worked for changed the call in sick policy because I cut my foot and they made me come to work. The stitches split and I left a blood trail wherever I went for a solid five minutes. Now, stitches are an acceptable reason not to come to work. When I was seven to nine years old, my friend and I did nothing but play outside all day and build all sorts of wooden forts and tree houses. We got pretty handy with our tools and our projects got bigger and bigger. One day we found four good-sized trees about six feet apart from each other in a rough square just a stone's throw from the neighborhood park. We decided to build the mother of all forts by making a platform in the middle of those trees about six feet off the ground. It had two-foot walls around the sides, and a sturdy ladder, and eventually a second level above the first. This was a fairly small neighborhood, and everyone knew everyone else, so all the grown-ups with kids came to check it out, and after a few modifications, it was deemed safe enough, and for a few weeks, all the neighborhood kids would play in and around it. We felt like kings. Then, one day, we came home from school, and it was absolutely destroyed. Apparently, the county somehow got wind of it and its proximity to the playground and sent some guys out with chainsaws to demolish it. We were heartbroken. They told our parents that from then on, we weren't allowed to build anything anymore because the county could maybe be held liable in case someone got hurt. We gathered up our scraps, said frick the police, and moved further into the woods and out of sight and built an even better one and several backups just in case. In hindsight, I'm 30 now. I can understand why it needed to be done, but all those years ago, it seemed like the greatest tragedy ever. I've always wanted to build a treehouse, but living in India makes it rather hard to do since no one knows what a treehouse is. You know, I also understand why the city would feel the need to do that, and yeah, someone could have gotten hurt, but like, come on! I always wanted a cool treehouse, and if that had happened to me, that probably would have been the moment I turned into a supervillain. In my high school, we had a German language competition that was hosted at different hotels over the years. One of them had balconies for every room, and my friends and I discovered the wonder of hopping between them in order to get to someone's room, because, you know, opening the door and walking was very difficult for us rowdy teenagers. Well, some of my friends decided to remove all the smaller furniture in one room, thinking it was one of ours. It wasn't. Those people were not happy. Needless to say, the hotel ended up hosting a bunch of signs, and the security waiver you had to sign for the competition added, no jumping between balconies every year after. We were stupid kids. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on German language competitions. Like, I took German in high school. My name is extremely German. I didn't know about any competitions. I also wasn't very good at German, but still. I didn't consider it to be my fault, but I actually got D&D banned at my school after some less-than-intelligent person saw one of our lunchtime games in the library and complained about Satanism. I had to go through three weeks of counselor sessions just because I made my voice deep and booming when I DM'd. It is not your fault, and how dare the person rat you out! But hey, to be fair, that's just encouragement to check out the dozens of other better tabletop role-playing games that are not D&D. Loopholes! My freshman year in college, I lived in a dorm with a large courtyard in the center. We collectively had a large water balloon fight. One of the girls slipped and cut her arm open pretty deep, and we had to call 911. New rule my door made was no water balloon fights indoors. I go to a private school with a dress code and because of me chainmail is no longer an acceptable form of undershirt. Please like and subscribe if you've made it this far. I hope you'll enjoy the rest of the video and have a wonderful day. At my old high school, now in uni, math class tests now start with a disclaimer, all answers must be written in Arabic numerals. But they didn't say you had to give them in base 10. Time to answer in Pentel. My story is not one of bad buttery, but rather an example of thinking outside the box. In my high school physics class, we had fun doing the physics Olympics after AP tests were done and our lesson plan was complete. One of the events was seeing how many paper clips you could remove from a bin using two AA batteries, copper wire, two nails, and tape. The logic was to make an electromagnet, but after reading the rules and talking with the teacher, nowhere did it explicitly say that you had to make an electromagnet. I proceeded to make a shovel using the batteries as the handle, the nails as supports for the wire, and tape bucket, and reinforced it all with tape. My group got the all-time record for that event with around 1,150 paper clips picked up in 30 seconds. We picked up over 900 more than the closest competitor. Needless to say, the rules explicitly state to make an electromagnet now, but no one will touch my group's record. I play the tuba, I'm Mexican, and back in high school, my mostly Caucasian school was playing the mostly ethnic school on the other side of town from where I resided. I was bused to the rich school on the better side of town. I and my other Mexican friend who played the trumpet decided it would be a good idea to play the Mexican hat dance. Needless to say, we had many letters and parents to respond to. Rules have been changed on our district games on what's acceptable sportsmanship and pep band songs to be played. Not so much a rule, but my senior year of high school, I completed the minimum requirements to graduate, but we were only allowed to have one free period. Instead of taking a class I didn't want to, I created my own BS child development class where I volunteered at the preschool next door three days a week and had the other two off. Seven years later, the class still exists, but has a legit curriculum associated with it now. I'm sure I'm not the only reason, but when I was about seven or so, I was in the Miami International Airport, and back then the emergency stop button for escalators was at the bottom right by the entrance. I was young, saw a button, and couldn't resist the urge to kick it while it was very packed. Well, it was full of senior citizens that kept telling each other to stand still because it could come back on at any second. That was that for about 15 minutes, blocking the only entrance to the airport. Next year, all the buttons had a plastic cover. Fun fact, I find escalators to be kind of scary, and I would have panicked a little. I would have been gradually raising my voice to a yell, telling old people to move before we all died. With or without a life jacket, no one is to sleep in the hot tub. When I was in elementary school, I got a bunch of kids to wear shorts in the winter with me. I live in Canada. Most of us got mild frostbite on our legs. Now, no one can wear shorts in the winter. First year of uni, my friend bought a sofa and armchair from eBay for 99 pence, including delivery. Best purchase ever. He managed to fit both of them in his tiny room. Once the university found out, they didn't like it, so they told him to get rid of them. He said no. He managed to keep them till the end of the year, he put them in storage, and the following September, he brought them to his new, even smaller room. Only the sofa fit, so I got the armchair. Again, the university didn't like it. They sent us both very official letters, giving us 30 days to remove the furniture. We printed off the entire residency agreement and read it page by page, every word to see if there was anything forbidding us from having them. There wasn't. They had their fire tags, they didn't block any exits, the only possible problem was if it interfered with the cleaner's job. We asked her, she was fine with it. Our rooms were the last one on the rota, so she'd sometimes sit and talk with us after she was finished. Anyway, so after 30 days we got another letter saying that they knew we still had the furniture and we would be fined. We printed off all the documentation we needed, suited up, and went to the office to argue our case. After several months, they managed to convince the cleaner to say the furniture interfered, so we actually had to get rid of them. Our friend took them to his house. The following year, we weren't in university halls anymore, but we checked the residency document on their website, where we noticed the guidelines for furniture were now much more specific about what you could and couldn't have in your room. Four years later, he still has those sofas. Screw that school and any school with obnoxious policies like that. Yeah, I know they exist for reasons and such, but when you can prove what you're doing isn't a problem, F them. Bureaucratic bullcrapery is what that is. I don't know for certain, but I feel pretty confident that I had the flow of traffic at a certain intersection in town changed. There was a very wide shoulder on the road that I used as a right-turn lane, only to be immediately pulled over by a policeman for passing about five cars on the shoulder while they waited for the traffic signal. I countered the idea to him that the shoulder there was actually a lane. There was a dividing line, and it was nicely paved. No reason for us not to use this space for making right turns. Although no one used it, I really was passing traffic on the shoulder but being very cautious. About three months later, the intersection is repainted with the shoulder as a right-turn lane only. It felt great, seeing as it does help the traffic flow better at that crowded intersection. If you must bite the plaster in the art room, please at least have a justified reason for doing so. In case you're wondering, it tasted delicious. Sounds like a justified reason if I ever heard one. My German teacher banned us from saying the mayonnaise in German because every question she would ask us, that's what we would reply with. In German class, every answer, regardless of question, freshman year, ich spiele Gitarre. Please leave your story in the comments. I would love to make a video on them in the future. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe.